This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. All right, Sean Pendergast, Seth Payne with you on a uh, on a Thursday. If you missed our interview with Roger Clemens a little bit earlier, it'll be up on the podcast. It's on the Odyssey app. You can go find a great conversation, universally acknowledged as a uh, great conversation by folks weighing in on that, uh, following our interview with Roger a little bit earlier. Um, C.J. Stroud versus Trevor Lawrence. We just got done talking about Trevor Lawrence in the previous segment. Some, you know... Maybe there's a little bit of kicking Trevor Lawrence while he's down going on, particularly with me, um, because I've I've started to really question whether they should give him that big contract. Certainly this offseason, whether they give it to him or give it to him at all. Um, you lose five out of six down the stretch. You know, I don't care how banged up you are. You can't lose five of six down the stretch when you're yeah. the favorite in the division and you're eight and three to start the season. You just can't do that. That's where it... Um, uh, you know, I mean, twice this year, first Nick Bosa, oh, and then a player from the Titans, I can't remember who it was, basically after the game said, look, we know he's a first read quarterback, and he just, just take him off, take away his first read, and he's gonna start to panic. Um, like, that's what it looks like, and that's either, so that's either a Doug Peterson issue or a Trevor Lawrence issue. And all I know is that both those guys are going to be back there next year. I mean, like, if I were a Jags fan, I'd be nervous about that. Yeah. I'd be upset about it. I'd be a little bit alarmed by it. One of our listeners says, guys, the talk about Stroud versus Lawrence is, mm, I think he means moot. Moot, yeah. Do you realize that Lawrence will probably be the third best quarterback in the AFC South? Yeah, there is no Stroud versus Lawrence talk. There's not. Was well, it presented as such? Well, is that, well, um, well yeah. it was teased as such by me because yesterday, oh, okay. because yesterday, on the Colin Cowherd show, remember when Colin Cowherd thought C.J. Stroud didn't didn't have enough talent to overcome all the limitations of the Texans organization. He's yeah. he's all the way down the rabbit hole now on his love for C.J. Stroud. The argument came up: Stroud or Lawrence for the next five years? Who would you rather have the next five years? C.J. Stroud or Trevor Lawrence? And I and said C.J. Stroud, absolutely. And I, I mean, let me throw this at you. C.J. Stroud's rookie year with a defensive coach this year is similar, if not better, than Trevor Lawrence's best season. 23 TDs, 5 picks, 101 passer rating. Best year for Lawrence, 25 touchdowns, 8 picks, and a 95 passer rating. Now, they both play in the same division, so you can't use that, and they both play in the same conference, so they Mm. face the same defensive coordinators. So it would lead me to believe that Stroud's better. If Stroud is this good this fast, he's the better quarterback. So and and by the I, way, I know yeah. all you fanboys, I'm sure you knew he was going to be this good. 
Houston didn't know he was going to be this good. Nobody. Nobody thought he was going to be this good. His comp, we said it on the air, his comp was Jared Goff. <laughs> I, I don't recall that. It was. His, it, when did you compare him to Jared Goff? It's the way, it's so funny. It's the way he states it. Every time. Like it's a mathematical law or something. It's, he doesn't say some people comped him to get Jared Goff no. or that like I comped him to Jared Goff. He, it's the comp is Jared Goff. He recites it like it's his height and weight. His comp is Jared is, Goff. <laughs> Pi is 3.14. Right. His comp was Jared Goff. <laughs> so good. Hey, the one, one of the things he said there, and I, and I, I obviously. I disagree with his. I want to agree with his. Oh, go ahead. His conclusion. I, I disagree with his argument. Yeah. yeah. Well, here, here's the, there's an element of the argument I wanted to ask you about because he brings this up all the time, Coward. And there's probably other people that feel similarly yeah. about this, especially in light of the fact that Bobby Slowick is a person of interest of many teams to be their next head coach. But Cowherd repeatedly brings up, he brought it up in that cut, and he brought it up a few more times in that segment. We don't have the whole segment. That that Stroud plays for a defensive head coach. Like, that's some sort of anchor that he's carrying around his neck or something like that. Yeah. That he has a defensive head coach. Do you buy that that's something that should be factored in to, like, a, the, think, the degree of difficulty of what he's doing? I think it's it it's... An issue when you allow it to become an issue. And it should be factored in because, right, it's obviously the ideal is to have an offensive-minded head coach who will be that coordinator forever and ever and ever. And yet, uh, like, obviously there's many examples of the most successful coaches. And this is where, like, you gotta, if you, if you start isolating it down to like, okay, who are the most successful head coaches over a length of time or who is even the longest tenured? It's interesting that, Mike Tomlin, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll lasted as long as they did in the NFL, um, have lasted until Belichick this morning in the NFL as defensive-minded head coaches. It's all a matter of just how well you manage the offensive coordinator side of things. Pete Carroll, I mean, Carroll may have been the worst at managing the offensive coordinator side of things and yet won a Super Bowl went to two Super Bowls, lasted a long, long time, and had a lot of sustained success and, you know, playoff caliber football teams year in and year out as a defensive-minded head coach. I think that the, the problem is people fall in love with the idea of having the offensive coordinator head coach to the point where it skews their judgment and they start hiring guys who aren't actually good head coaches. Like, they might be good offensive minds, but it's a guess. It's just going to be a guess whether he's a good head coach or not. One is, is so in the hiring process, maybe it makes the most sense to, to, to go from the pool of offensive coordinators. Cause if you do land one, who's also a good head coach, then there you have it. You've got your Andy Reid situation, but once you have the coach and you feel like, okay, this actually, this guy's got actual great head coach tendencies, like D'Amico appears to be, I don't worry about it as much at all. Cause then it's okay. These guys have a plan. They, they figure out who the best coordinator for their specific quarterback is. And, and it becomes much less of an issue. I think, Marv, we, you know, and I'll go with also John Harbaugh and Marv Levy, two examples, guys who are special teams, special teams coaches. Absolutely. And yeah. It lasted for, they, they both lasted forever because they were good head coaches, good coaches and good CEOs, you know, good, good, able to manage an enterprise, you know, and I think people will point out, yeah, Seth, those are the exceptions. Yes. That's my point. 
Is that like if you once you once you isolate it to the coaches who last a long time, there's much less of a difference between the the offensive dudes and the defensive dudes. Yeah, like I I think what we let in here to me it's inarguable. Like the next five years, C.J. Stroud. Like to me, it's not even close versus versus Trevor Lawrence right now. The defensive coach thing is interesting to me. Um, I think as we go through the 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 process of filling all these vacancies in the NFL, there's seven of them now after today. If you missed it, the Patriots and Bill Belichick. Expected to part ways after 24 seasons. That's the headline on TV in the studio here right now. I think for some of these openings, once once you, we get to the stage, Seth, in the middle of January, where guys are allowed to start interviewing face to face, January 22nd. Yeah, um, we're going to hear D'Amico Ryan's name a lot because there's going to be defensive coordinators that are in the mix, and they're going to show the D'Amico, D'Amico, and the Texans are going to be the the one that they're copycatting, and they're going to go look. D'Amico Ryan's proved. That you can turn it around quickly and and you know ha- have success as a defensive coach as a defensive coordinator. Um, I think we're gonna. I, I think there's gonna be a lot of conjecture around the Ejiro Iveros of the world, the Dan Quinns of the world, the Luana Rumos of the world. That like, hey, look, man, like yeah. the, the, if you get a, if you get a defensive coordinator that's got the right chops to be a head coach, you can make it work. And the guess bring in the, it, like, if I'm an owner, the biggest thing when I hire a defensive minded head coach is. Like that might be one of the areas that I select to, if not micromanage, just really be sure. Like as part of the hiring process, I need you to have a plan for how you're going to replace the offensive coordinator. And that's going to include a pipeline of guys from within, like a Gerard Johnson or a Bill Lazor or somebody that's a Case Keenum, whoever it might be. You're going to have a pipeline from within, and you're going to have a watch list of guys outside the organization. The nice thing about the Kubiak-Shanahan system is that there are a boatload of dudes out there who have similarly aligned philosophies, terminology, all of those things, experience with Kyle Shanahan, that I think it's easier to replace. I like I liken it to buying, you know, you get a, a mass production automobile versus a McLaren. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a lot easier right. to find parts for the mass production automobile than it is for the McLaren. And the, the Kubiak-Shanahan system is, in, is that same way with offensive coordinators. Yeah, that's a good analogy. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Uh, text message, hey, I'm listening to Cleveland Browns Radio, our mortal enemy, and they're showing no concern about Stroud's ability against man defense. I, too, am also concerned after seeing his performance against the Jets cornerbacks. Go Texans. Well, I'll say this. The Browns cornerbacks are in the class of the Jets cornerbacks. They're really, really yep. good. They've got three of them that are really, really good. That's a valid concern. I, the numbers bear it out. CJ tears up zones. Against man, he's like 27th in passing efficiency. 27th? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And some of that may be he's got receivers who, you know, once Tank Dell goes out, you got guys who have trouble getting open. Uh, that may that may hurt. It, it, I also, you know, like I like to see those separated from blitzes as well. That's where it gets a little <laughs> dicey too. Is okay if you're how are you versus man coverage versus like when you're getting pressured because it's a blitz or because your left guard is no good or whatever it might be. Uh, but yeah, that's fair. I think like yeah, CJ's been surgical versus zone and not as good versus man. The the play action. 
is theoretically where you make your hay on that um, and where there should be opportunities. I think that him versus man, as long as there's protection, I feel better about um, in terms of just some of the shorter stuff and some of the out stuff. Like CJ's shown more of an ability to dink and dunk down the field. And also, though, to throw, he can throw to guys who are covered. Um, and that's just, it's not nearly as efficient as the other stuff, obviously. But I think that we haven't necessarily seen him. You know, the Jets game, the Jets game, I wish, because I hate saying this. I really, really hate saying this. But I feel like, objectively, you have to wonder whether he was actually concussed from the Broncos game. the Denver game, game sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, and it's, but it's, you can't depend on that. I would never, like, argue, like, it was clear, and that's why he was bad versus the Jets. Um, he did not look, he did not look accurate as he typically does versus the Jets. He took that hit in which he was wobbly afterwards in the Broncos game and was not in the concussion protocol afterwards, but he certainly didn't look like himself. That was either a reflection of how good the Jets are um, or it was just that and and that CJ didn't do well against it or perhaps he was still having lingering effects from concussion. Uh, the, The good defenses that he's played against this year, the best defenses were the Ravens in week one, um, where he didn't play great. It was his first game as an first NFL game, player. Yeah. Uh, you know, played against the Jaguars the next week and wasn't g- great either. Uh, the Colts, excuse me, Colts. He was against the Colts. He was a lot better. Um, it was in the second half there. He really started taking off, but it was well, the Colts had a lead. So you couldn't necessarily take a lot from that. The other good defenses are the Steelers where the numbers don't look awesome, but he, he was very effective, and they just they took the Steelers to the woodshed. Yep. Um, that game, he was less than fifty percent, but he had a lot of throwaways. That was when that was when he was very much focused on. All right, I can't sacked. be getting sacked six times yep. a game. Yep. So like that game was versus a very good defense, and I felt like it was pretty good. Um, the Jaguars' defense ended up being tenth in DVOA, I think, okay. and he did well versus the Jaguars this year. So the the only true test he had was the Ravens, and it's hard to take the Ravens and the Jets. And, and like both of those, I would say not great performances, but I can make some excuses for them. This will be this will be the biggest test for real without weather conditions being an issue yep. like it was in the Jets. So kind of a referendum, I think, on, OK, where exactly is C.J. Stroud uh, in the realm of a, a guy that can go in and, and threaten a defense like the Browns? Yep. Well put. Yeah, it's at home too. those other two are on the road. So you're right. You're absolutely right. All right. Let's speaking of the Browns. Let's hear from their head coach in the next segment, Kevin Stefanski. What's he expecting? What type of Texans team is he expecting? And did it help to play the Texans just three weeks ago? We'll hear from Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski next. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 